Hello and welcome to apartment 29A. I'm Shosh. And I'm Megan. And we're two best friends who have a lot to say. This week, we're going to talk about the trilogy Written in the Stars by Alexandria Bellafleur. Bellafleur? I don't know. I can't say that I know how to pronounce these things, but you can at least guess how it's spelled. Um, then we're going to end with uh, talking about my, uh, my trip to Alaska and the James Webb Space Telescope. And while we do those things, we are going to drink passion fruit mango red tea by the Republic of Tea. This is a tea that I got just a little sample pack of uh, because I was hoping that red tea is rooibos, and it is. Um, and rooibos does not let me down. I still really no, like we it. we like rooibos a lot. Mm -hmm. What do you think of the passion fruit mango tea? think it smells amazing mm -hmm. it smells very passion fruity very very nice smell taste at first when I started drinking it I was like it tastes like rooibos with a tropical aftertaste not mm -hmm. necessarily passion fruit because you really get I think the passion fruit smell but it doesn't necessarily taste like it it just tastes kind of tropical and I really still I still liked it but the more that I've been drinking it the more that I think I'm actually enjoying it so mm -hmm. I still I still think it is true that it's really kind of just a tropical aftertaste to a rooibos, but it has like a really nice sort of blend. And like I said, the more I've been drinking it, the more I've been enjoying it. Yeah, and I fully agree with that. I laughed like when we first tasted it. I was like, oh, this is the pina colada tea. <laughs> so <laughs> you heard us a couple weeks ago be like, this is not a pina colada tea. But this one is much more a pina colada tea <laughs> i was gonna say like i don't think i would necessarily label it as pina colada but compared to the one that actually was supposed to be pina colada this one gets much closer because it does at least have that tropical quality to it exactly. whereas the other one was delicious but it did not at all taste like pina colada exactly yeah no i mean you need a bit more coconut in this to be like an actual pina colada but it's definitely getting closer <laughs> yeah that is true but i really enjoy it Mm-hmm. Yeah, rooibos for the win. Always. It's really becoming one of my favorites, I think. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think I'll definitely be ordering more since this was just a sample pack. I know. There, so there were only two tea bags, and before I even knew that, I had offered to make a mirror some. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't even, I can't even have another cup of it because I had already committed to sharing. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I'll make sure you can get another cup in the future. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I love my tea with Megan Foxes. That's right. Another one's coming. That's not yes. yet made in the mail, but it will be. Yes, and you have one in the mail already as well. Ooh, that's exciting. So we are not short on tea options. No, not really. <laughs> we could not have another box for a really long time and be okay. We don't have a problem. We have a podcast. That's right. <laughs> Just remind ourselves of that. And I cannot wait oh. till we make our merch that says that. <laughs> I know. I really need it. Like, honestly. Mm -hmm. Same. Okay. Do you want to tell us about Written in the Stars? Sure. So after a disastrous blind date, Darcy Lowell is desperate to stop her well-meaning brother from playing matchmaker ever again. Love and the inevitable heartbreak is the last thing she wants. 
So she fibs and says her latest setup was a success. Darcy doesn't expect her lie to bite her in the L. Jones, one of the astrologers behind the popular Twitter account, Oh My Stars, dreams of finding her soulmate, but she knows it is most assuredly not Darcy, a no-nonsense stick in the mud who is way too analytical, punctual, and skeptical for someone as free-spirited as Elle. When Darcy's brother and Elle's new business partner expresses how happy he is that they hit it off, Elle is baffled. Was Darcy on the same date? Because awkward. When Darcy begs Elle to play along, she agrees to pretend they're dating to save face, but with a few conditions. Darcy must help Elle navigate her own overbearing family over the holidays, and their arrangement expires on New Year's Eve. The last thing they expect is to develop real feelings during a fake relationship, but maybe opposites can attract when true love is written in the stars? That was cute. <laughs> right? <laughs> the um, description says it has no- nods to Bridget Jones and Pride and Prejudice. Mm, I'm not sure I really feel that. Yeah, I was, I'm trying to figure out, like, I can maybe see some Bridget Jones, but I'm not sure about the Pride but and Prejudice. I, I still feel like that might be a stretch. Maybe I'm just not remembering it well enough, but I don't think I would have drawn those connections. No, me neither. But regardless, it's a very cute book. Yes. Very enjoyable. Very easy to read. Yes. So I this, believe this was a recommendation, correct? Yes. This I just got to say, this came across our desk, so to speak, through my cousin Brandy, who we've suggested a bunch of books to her and she was finally like I have a book for you (laughs) and so she gave she literally put the physical book in my hand and was like you will read this and so I said to Shosh we will read this (laughs) (laughs) and I said okay (laughs) but I'm glad we did this is the type of book that's literally right up my alley Mm -hmm. I mean it's obviously predictable in the sense that as soon as you read the description you basically already know exactly what's going to happen you know like fake romance turns into real romance and you get the happily ever after but I still love it I like live for that kind of thing Mm -hmm. I love happily ever afters I love love stories so it's super cute I liked the characters Mm -hmm. so it was like I said it was perfect for me yeah I loved it also. I will say the first chapter was really hard for me because you don't know the characters yet and I'm horrible with names. So you get, you know, you get Darcy and you get Elle and you've met them for a paragraph. Two seconds. (laughs) Before they have a disastrous date, as you can tell. But it was so like, I was so confused as to who was doing what, because then of course it, you know, I'm happy that it's two women, but it means their pronouns are the same. So every time it's her or she did this, I'm like, which her, which she, I can't keep it straight. (laughs) But by chapter two, I had figured it out and it was fine. But the first chapter I was like, oh my God, am I dumb? Maybe I'm dumb. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think I had it to a lesser degree, but I had a similar experience. It really did take me a minute when it first started out because I was like, I don't understand who is who and what's happening. So again, I, I think maybe I got past that a little bit quicker than you did, but but I definitely see why that happened and how that happened. And 
felt some of that myself but don't let that deter you definitely yeah. should read because it, it clears up really quick yeah it's just, just read the that second first, chapter yeah yeah the first moment of the meeting that you're like I am confused now <laughs> yeah definitely felt thrown in which is usually fine but in this particular case I was just like I hold on give me give me a, a character description of each one or something before we I also really loved this book because it had cute little things throughout. So I'm not much of an astrology person, but mm-hmm. because it's astrology based, it was based on your sign. But so like, I'm pretty sure they did it each chapter. It was some kind of category and they gave you different different answers based on your your sign Mm -hmm. and a lot of them I was kind of like I don't know about that but it was still really really fun to be able to look and see what they matched for you so I really enjoyed that I fully agree (laughs) sorry guys I got a little sick after my vacation so you might hear a little coughing um But yeah, I, because I would always text Shosh and complain about them, (laughs) particularly because one was like favorite cake flavors, like wedding cake flavors. I don't remember which book that was in, but it didn't matter because I don't know, it said like my favorite flavor was some sort of filling inspired cake. And I don't like filling. I was like, (laughs) no, no, you get that. No, no, no. I need like a lemon pure cake without icing. And you put this like meringue thing no Sagittarius do not want meringue I'm just telling you <laughs> okay first of all what you got against meringue it's not a liquid it's not a solid it's not right <laughs> okay man you can give me your meringue I, I love it uh, my favorite though was I also don't remember which book I feel like it might have been the second book because I think that was the one that was drinks Mm-hmm. or at least had a lot of drinks maybe it was still mm-hmm. the first one I don't know I'm getting them all confused but in one of them it gave you your drink and Megan flipped out about hers <laughs> that was the one I remember the most she was like no never it would not happen I'm not drinking that and no, that's it true. Was it was like a Long awesome. Island iced tea or something and I was like no I think it was a Negroni Oh, they're right. It was a Negroni. It was even worse. Exactly. I would never drink a Negroni. No. And mine was, oh, I'm forgetting the name of it now. It's the seven. Yes. French 75. There we go. I was like seven something. (laughs) So it was a French 75, which I've actually only had once, which side story we read. Oh, I'm blanking Uh, on the name. One to watch. Yes. And her favorite drink was a French 75. So when we read it for book club and we got to the end, we all made French 75s and had them for book club. So that's the only time I've ever had one, but it's like a decent drink. I mean, I don't think Mm. that would be like my go-to drink, but it Mm. it was like a good drink. But I also just loved it because of the connection to the only time that I had had it in our book club and everything. So I was like, all right, Taurus, I'll totally take that. And then Megan was like, no, this is the absolute (laughs) worst one. It is not happening. It was amazing. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. (laughs) so we had a lot of fun with all the astrological links yes we did I got really excited when they got it right (laughs) (laughs) yeah there were a few that were right on and then there were some that were 
definitely wrong but most were kind of in the middle you were sort of indifferent to them it was just kind of fun to read them Mm -hmm. I think that might be why I like the second book best is because I feel like more of the astrological signs like options in book two were the ones that I agreed with (laughs) ah I gotcha, I gotcha. Which not, has nothing to do with the book itself. <laughs> You're like, but this book gets me, so it's, it's the right. best. It's right. All right, oh. do you want to tell us about book two? Of course I do. Book two is called Hang the Moon. And in good romance style, this book is going to take characters from the book, from the first book, and focus on slightly different ones. So you still get the same characters, but the love focus will be related, but different. Which I love. Brendan Lowell loves love. It's why he created a dating app to help people find their one true pairing and why he's convinced that the one is out there, even if he hasn't met her yet. Or has he? When his sister's best friend turns up in Seattle unexpectedly, Brendan jumps at the chance to hang out with her. He's crushed on Annie since they were kids, and the stars have finally aligned, putting them in the same city at the same time. Annie booked a spur-of-the-moment trip to Seattle to spend time with friends before moving across the globe. She's not looking for love, especially with her best friend's brother. Annie remembers Brendan as a sweet, dorky kid. Except the six foot four man who shows up at her door is cer- a certified hot nerd, and Annie wants him? Oh, yes. Getting involved would be a terrible idea. Her stay is temporary, and he wants forever. But when Brendan learns Annie has given up on dating, he's determined to prove that romance is real. Taking cues from his favorite rom coms, Brendan plans to woo her with elaborate dates straight out of Nora Ephron's playbook. The clock is ticking on Annie's time in Seattle, and Brendan's starting to realize romance isn't just flowers and chocolate. But maybe real love doesn't need to be as perfect as the movies, as long as you think your partner hung the moon. Aww. Aww. I love romance series where each one focuses on a different friend or brother sister you know it's often like family groups I love it because you get all the same characters so you still get to find out like what's happening with other characters and how their relationship is progressing when you get the new love story so I love it so again this is basically perfectly made for me this (laughs) this set of books it's the best it is I feel like with this book the back is a little, um, I don't know, it's a bit more of a tease than is really in the book. So he does do some romantic comedy movie moments, but that's not really the focus. Focus. Yeah, that's true, I would say. So that if you're looking for a book with that particular trope, I feel like this book will disappoint you. But still very cute. Oh, yeah. No, I don't find the book disappointing, only that like, the back that the maybe is a little of the misleading book. yeah I really like Brendan in particular yeah. so he's a strong character from the first book mm-hmm. and Annie was more of a kind of a character on the periphery like she was there but not really part of the main group in the first one so you this is the first time you kind of meet her really and I did really like her but she does have that whole sort of like 
closed off sort of thing going for her mm-hmm. which does make her a little harder to like instantly love like you don't dislike her by any means but right. she does have that like I'm closed off to love mm-hmm. sort of feeling at the beginning but very cute couple again love that you still get the other characters and find out what's happening with them mm-hmm. yeah it's hard in the sense that so you have to believe Darcy and Brendan when they say how amazing Annie is but then there's also this weird like Annie is so similar to Darcy but Darcy and Brendan are siblings so you don't want to be imagining that like he wants a sister you know what I mean so it's this kind of weird yeah like, that would not be good <laughs> yeah um so it was, but it was good when Annie started to really get her own personality because yeah. it, that was needed I think that's true I think at the beginning maybe is like again and not that you dislike her by any means but I hadn't really thought of it from that but I think it is true because she wasn't in the first book except for through like some phone calls and things so like she's there but you don't feel like you really know her you do have to really just go off what Brendan and Darcy like say about her so Mm -hmm. but again super easy to read super cute and fun Mm -hmm. do you want to tell us about count your lucky stars absolutely all right, the final book in the trilogy. Margot Cooper doesn't do relationships. She tried and it blew up in her face, so she'll stick with casual hookups. Thank you very much. But now her entire crew has found the one, and she's beginning to feel like a fifth wheel. And then fate, that heartless b- intervenes. While touring a wedding venue with her engaged friends, Margot comes face to face with Olivia Grant, her childhood friend her first love, her first, well, everything. It's been 10 years, but the moment they lock eyes, Margot's cold, dead heart thumps in her chest. Olivia must be hallucinating. In the decades since she last saw Margot, her life hasn't exactly gone as planned. At almost 30, she's been married and divorced. However, a wedding planner job in Seattle means a fresh start and a chance to follow her dreams. Never in a million years did she expect her important new client's best woman would be the one that got away. When a series of unfortunate events leaves Olivia living without a place to stay, Margot offers her spare room because she's a very good person. Obviously. It has nothing to do with the fact that Olivia is beautiful and the sparks between them still make Margot tingle. As they spend time in close quarters, Margot starts to question her no-strings stance. Olivia is everything she's ever wanted, but Margot let her in once, and it ended in disaster. Will history repeat itself, or should she count her lucky stars that she gets a second chance with her first love? I don't know that I have much more to say about this one than the other ones. Again, just really cute, really easy to read, very enjoyable. You yeah. get all the same characters. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the comment I made on this one was that like all the arguments felt real, which is nice. Mm. So they felt it felt justified and not overly drawn out as sometimes romantic comedies are want to do (laughs) 
so, I have to say though like even with the drama in the books I feel like it's all kind of like low-key drama which mm-hmm. I actually really appreciate like I understand that there has to be some conflict and things to you know make a book and have a story and <laughs> have the have characters have something yeah. <laughs> to work through and stuff so I mean I get all of that but like sometimes you just don't want it to be so hard or mm-hmm. so much you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I appreciate that even though all of these had their things to overcome it all felt like you know low-key drama mm-hmm. and I, I appreciated that I think mm-hmm. I agree I will also say that I think the author got a little like better with each book in terms of the steamy scenes. Like the book one was like, you know, it was steamy. It was cute. Book three was steamy. Like we we got through there. Yeah. (laughs) I think it, I think it did get better as, Mm -hmm. as it went. So we're, we're good with some chilies. So, Yep. yep. These books have some chilies and I definitely was rooting for each each individual couple yes definitely so I think each book can stand alone so if you like I'm pretty sure Brandy read the third one first I'm not entirely sure why if it's just the first one that came to her attention and then she went back and read books one and two and then she gave us she gave it to us in the uh, original order order. (laughs) yeah which if I know that, that's actually how I prefer to read it. I have definitely done some of those series books out of order, especially when you don't really realize and you just pick up a book and then you're like, oh, it's a series. Oh, and I started in the middle. Right. Or you're reading it and you're like, I feel like I should know about this other couple that's like, you know, in the background and I don't quite know anything except for that they're together. So I've definitely done it and I don't think it, you know, ruins anything. But if I can, I always prefer to go in order. Agreed. Otherwise, it, it like drives me crazy. I feel like it needs to be, you know what I mean? It needs mm-hmm. to be in order. Agreed. But yeah, you could definitely just pick up one of these and enjoy it if you didn't want to read all of them together. Yep. But, you know, read all three. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yep. And very easy to read, very enjoyable. So just do it. Yeah. And they have very cute covers also. Not that that matters. But <laughs> they do. Just to Which we'll show you there. on Instagram. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts about Written in the Stars trilogy? No, just thank you, Brandy, for bringing them to our attention. Yes, thank you, Brandy. If anyone else has recommendations, send them our way. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you want to tell us about your trip to Alaska? Yes. So Alaska was beautiful and this is going to sound weird, but it was hot. It was like there were days that it was in the just in the 80s, which to me is weird because when I think Alaska, I do not think 80 degrees, but also because right. And because of like where the sun is in the sky right now in Alaska, because there's like 20 there, they were getting more, more and more darkness but when we got there there was like 21 and a half hours of sun and when we left there would be 21 hours of sun so it's crazy yeah we learned they uh, get five five minutes back a day or five minutes of dark more darkness a day until the winter where they only have like three hours of light I would not like that it's crazy it's bad enough here where I feel like it's dark you know what I mean like, <laughs> right? dark in the morning when you wake up and dark when you leave work and that's bad enough but 
I can't imagine. Yeah, and this but the summer is the exact opposite, just light all the time. Um, but like every all the you know the cruise is prepared for that. Every place you stay is going to be prepared for that. So there's always blackout curtains, um, so you can go to bed when you want. But it was just it was a beautiful trip. Like it was really well, um, let's say balanced for Jared and I because like we got there um we got on the cruise ship which was really easy we never really had to stand in any lines which was nice because the last time we had a cruise there was a lot of standing around in lines so it was really nice not to have to do that this time definitely yeah and then we had there were just two days that were that are at sea but they're very scenic days so the first day you go to um i think it's kenai national park and then the second day we we're at glacier bay national park and they like would bring on either naturalists or actual park rangers who are telling you about the glaciers and about the history of Alaska. Uh, so those, it was just really well done. So you're not bored by any means, even though you are on a ship and you haven't been, uh, you haven't docked anywhere to get off. We learned that um, I think in Kenai, it's like 90% of people who visit that national park do so by cruise ship. Wow. Yeah, because you can really only get there by cruise ship or um, helicopter. So. Oh, so not that accessible, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was kind of crazy to think about. Um, and then we did the next three days were different excursions. We actually like, stopped and we were hoping to see a bear, but we didn't see a bear, even though we were literally in bear country. Uh, we're in one of the places where like the highest population of um bears exists like in per i don't know not capita per square feet or whatever i don't know how they measure those things but one of the most dense populations but it was just not quite the right time the salmon we're we're running a little late this year a little early and then a little late so we're in like kind of a low but that's okay we saw a lot of eagles lots of bald eagles that's amazing yeah um and it was funny like by the end though like even just the end of that day I was like yeah it's a bald eagle like I had just seen so <laughs> many of them but I'll you put up some pictures right? <laughs> right so funny um and then the second day we went kayaking and we were literally probably 100 feet from a humpback whale who was feeding so jealous so crazy i was like you just need to keep feeding over there because while you can't hurt me really like because i guess they can't actually swallow anything larger than a grapefruit and i am larger than a grapefruit but i didn't want him to like hurt himself on the canoe or hurt me i didn't want to get that wet you know so i was like you just need to stay over there keep feeding on your fish that's really awesome but also I need you to move because you are between me and the land and I need to be getting onto the land. <laughs> so that's why we were um, that close, so to speak. But we had to stay back. There are laws like canoes after kayaks have to be um, at least 50 feet back from um, the whales, both for this, mainly for the security of the whale, but also just, you know, don't be dumb. Just in case. Yep. Yep. So that was really cool. Uh, and then the third day we did a hike around um, the temperate rainforest that is Alaska. So it's just like a little island that they've 
made a path on and they take you around. So it was really fun to learn about the second largest rainforest in the world. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then there's another day at sea too. You get to Vancouver. And then Vancouver is really fun. Um, but I want to go back to Vancouver and like really see Vancouver. Cause I saw, I feel like I saw Vancouver, the city, but not the like more pretty. Gotta find those tide pools. Yes, I do. And I didn't get to do that, but I just did see a lot of the coast, which is pretty. That's awesome. I've always wanted to go to Vancouver and I've never been to Alaska either. I'm jealous. It sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. I have a newfound respect for um, like the totems, totem poles and Mm. the artistry behind them. And then also a really cool thing about most of Alaska. So, or at least Southern Alaska, there's two, there was two main indigenous tribes that were represented by the eagles and the ravens I think I think that's right and um, they actually were in an attempt to make sure that they did not fight all the time the leaders had to intermarry so you were always supposed to marry someone from like if you were an eagle you're supposed to marry a raven and a raven was supposed to marry an eagle in an attempt to make sure they didn't fight all the time even while they still tried to maintain their individual tribe traditions that's really cool right I mean just how cool is that to have that foresight and to do that and stuff yeah that's really cool the only problem is I wonder if then it ends up being kind of more arranged marriage than anything else because I'm not really sure how much time you would have to really like meet people and fall in love with them if you're sort of separate so yeah I don't know if maybe that's a a slight downside, but the idea is really cool. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and I didn't didn't get to ask any of the specific detail questions, but um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. For all I know, they like actually go and spend some time with the other tribe as part of it to then pick their person. So maybe it's not, you know, quite the same, but maybe they at least have more opportunity. But who knows? Still really cool, though. That's awesome. And I think they were all both matriarchal, mm. you know, so makes sense to me that. that the women would be, you know, can we not fight about this? Can we just work on maintaining our traditions? Like me, but you know, without having to be at war with each other, women are smart. I'm just saying women are smart. I'm not saying the men are remember that just that women no, are just that women are. Yeah. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. Well, Shosh, tell us about some pictures you've seen this week. <laughs> okay, so the thing I can't stop thinking about is the James Way- James Webb. I can't even talk. James Webb Space Telescope. I'm very excited about it. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we mentioned it before when it launched. Yeah. Because it was like a pretty big thing. But now it is finally actually sending us back information. And I'm sure everyone has seen it because it's all over the place. But it's oh, yeah. so freaking amazing. So it's really cool. hard to wrap your ha- head around it. Like how much that they're seeing, like how many galaxies and how they can tell how many planets are out there. And the fact that they're seeing light that is basically from the beginning of the universe. Amazing. It's so amazing, but it's also really hard to like comprehend. Yeah. Like I have a really hard time wrapping my brain around it. I'm like, what do you mean we're seeing light from 13 billion years ago? 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where, where did the universe start and where does it go? And how big is it? And they say it expands, but what is it expanding into? And I just like, cannot, I cannot make sense of all these things. I mean, it is so amazing and it's so cool. Mm-hmm. And I believe all the really smart people that are telling me these things, but right? I just, it's so hard to like have it be real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to think like the time and space distance aspects of it, because like I, you know, people are like, well, what is a light year? I'm like, well, it's really a measure of distance. But, you know, once you get past that, like, I can't being able to see that far. I mean, I don't like, you know, there are days where you can't see 30 feet in front of you because of the fog, let alone like light years. (laughs) I know it's crazy, but the pictures are incredible. Yeah. I mean, they're just really good and they've just barely started to give any information back. I don't think they've even hardly used its capabilities yet. They kind of just like took some pictures. I, I think really more as tests than anything else. So it's like, I just can't wait to see what else it's going to give. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I have to say though, I'm glad that it's working and everything because it took them so long to build it. And it cost them like, I think it was like 21 billion or something dollars in the end. It was an incredible amount. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to the daily today. And apparently at one point, because when they first started it, it was like, oh, it's only going to take this amount of time and cost this much. And then it kept being, oh, and then it's just going to be a couple more years and, you know, a couple more billion. And it just kept kept getting more and more and more. And at one point, literally Congress was like, well, maybe we should just scrap the whole project. I know. And so the fact that they didn't, that they persisted and actually got to this point, I think is amazing. And Mm -hmm. also, uh, so like when they started the Hubble, it instantly had some like mirrors or something that were like, two millimeters too thick or something and so everything was blurry but they could go to it and fix it so I mean it was kind of embarrassing and nobody wanted to do it and it was frustrating but at least they had the option to fix it right but with the James West Webb Space Telescope there is no option so like it had to work and I think it said that there were like 300 and something single fault points meaning there was like no backup for them so there were basically like just over 300 points that could have failed and there would be nothing that they could do because they couldn't put any kind of like fix or redundancy in so the fact that like after all of that and all that money that it actually worked and is sending back stuff is amazing yeah yeah and and like to think that there's somebody there whose job it is to kind of know that there are 300 points of failure (laughs) Yeah, I would not want to be that person. Uh Uh-uh, no. But I think that's why it was so stressful. Because if you remember, they were, they actually postponed the launch too because something had happened. I don't remember if it was like an earthquake or something when they were moving it or whatever, but like something had gotten jostled and they all freaked out. And they, I think they postponed it so they could like recheck for the 50th time, like everything. And then they, they launched it. And then they were all still holding their breath because all the mirrors and everything had to unfold. Mm-hmm. And again, there's no way to fix it if it doesn't work. Wow. So I think that that's why, like, it was so stressful for them. And the fact that, like, they got it up there and then they got it open was already just like <laughs> such mm-hmm. a relief. But so to actually be getting information back is just incredible. Yeah, I can't even imagine. 
It's pretty cool too, though, because the Daily Today said that apparently when they sent it up, they thought it would only be functional for 10 years, which I know is a while, but that's not actually that long, especially when you've spent like $21 billion and (laughs) I don't know, more than 10 years building it. But they said that because everything actually went so well with like the launch and everything, they actually didn't use um, as much propellant as they thought they would. So they said that assuming that nothing else happens Mm -hmm. because obviously there are like rocks and things in space apparently it's actually already gotten hit by one but it wasn't like catastrophic or anything but um so assuming that something that unforeseen like that they actually think it'll last for 20 years which is really awesome that's cool double yeah it's like the mars rover where they're like we you know we're done but it's still working so what else can we do (laughs) yeah which is awesome Mm -hmm. and that's the way it should be I mean if you have access to it you know Mm -hmm. use it for as long as you you know you can especially when things cost that much and it's so hard to get them up there Mm -hmm. yeah it's so hard to imagine like how much shaking and stuff occurs at during launch like to think about what has to like the protection that's needed you almost like if you can make it through launch you can probably make it through anything like (laughs) right it's crazy then like the mechanisms to open it yeah yeah amazing no it's so cool i'm super glad that we're getting images back from it they almost look fake i mean it looks like what you think when you see like science fiction pictures of space Mm -hmm. and stuff but they're real and it's incredible and i just can't wait it's like we've barely gotten anything back yet there's been like i don't know five pictures released or something like that so i can't wait to see what they keep finding Mm -hmm. out from this it's gonna be really cool yeah, I feel like there's some scientists out there who are finally like, see, I was right. <laughs> see yeah. how those pictures look like what I said it would? I was right. <laughs> Not alone, but there's a big group of us physicists who were right. And there's also a whole team of people that want to raise because they're like, we made it work and nothing That's went right. wrong. <laughs> yeah. They probably deserve it. That feels really stressful. Yeah, right. Like on multiple also levels. Like, yes, then you get to keep your jobs. So good job. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh. Well, if you have seen photos of the James Webb Space Telescope or some memes that you want to share with us, reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram at apartment29a. That's apartment spelled all the way out, 29a at, at Instagram. You can also email us at apt29a. That's apartment in the abbreviated apt29a at gmail.com have a great week everyone yes reach out bye bye